VIP Access with Aniko. Welcome to VIP Access. We're back with a brand new season. Today's interview is going to be legendary. And just to give you a little bit of a tip about who I'm about to interview, I only know two rappers in Africa, Manifest and no one else in particular. Hello, Mani. Hello, that was a good introduction. Thank you. <laughs> You're super cool. When I heard that song, I was just like waiting. Who's going to be this other rapper? And I was like, ah, okay. Yeah, I was winding people up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Manifest. It's such an honor to meet you. I've been following you for many years, listening to your music. And obviously, when we're talking about hip-hop in Africa, you're one of those names at the top of the top and also in Ghana. So it's really a pleasure for me to meet you, for you to come down to my country, um, Nairobi, Kenya. Welcome. This is cultural exchange at its finest. I love Kenya, I love Nairobi. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm honored to be here and I might even extend, you never know. <laughs> You're not really a stranger to, you know, Nairobi, to Kenyans. And uh, you've collaborated with Camp Mula back when they were Camp Mula, even before, you know, the breakup. So tell me about your relationship with Kenya in general. Like, did you keep in touch with them? Are there other artists that you're vibing to? What's the plan? Well, I've always had Kenyan friends, even before the music. You know, when I used to live in the States, I used to live in Minneapolis. There was an interest in both Somali and Kenyan population in uh, Minnesota and the Twin Cities. So I've always had my connections to Kenya. But uh, yeah, I came to Nairobi years ago, worked with Camp Mula. That was super dope. Met different people in the industry and just in real life that were also dope. Kept in touch loosely with some, and over the years built more relationships. Sell us to Anui, sell us to Blinky Bill, sell us to Karun. You know, just many super cool people. So this place is, I think, one of the most, you know, low key one of the the, the dopest African cities, which have not has not really kind of people are not saying it as much or as loud, but it's it's low key. Like, I, I, the vibes and the people, there's just dopeness here. I'm really flattered. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Nairobi says thank you. <laughs> so uh, talking of um, dope cities um, and dope people, dope vibes, I mean, Ghana, Accra is happening. It's always been happening, but there seems to be just kind of a rebirth in the past couple of years. You know, in December, that's where it's happening. Everybody wants to be in Ghana. Everybody wants to collaborate with the Ghanaians. As a Ghanaian, you know, how does that feel? And What's the vibe kind of on ground? Would you say that this is how the country and the city is running all year round? Or do you feel like it's a dirty December thing? Well, I mean, dirty December is its own thing, obviously. It's like spring break in America or anything. Things like that obviously have just an influx of people. But it has been a year-round thing in the sense of the fact that Ghana is still historically a very significant African country for the diaspora. Lots of people trace roots there. So with this increased focus on acquiring Ghana in general, there's, there's been more traffic, which is dope because it does have a residual effect on other African countries, etc. Because sometimes people come to Ghana, they want to go to other African countries. When I was coming here, I saw some African-Americans who had gone to Ghana and then they were coming to Nairobi. So yeah, it's that. So it's, it's dope because, um, and also historically, this is something that has happened in the past before. When Kwame Nkrumah was president, you had Maya Angelou who came to live in Ghana. You had uh, W. Dubois. You had Malcolm X came there, Martin Luther, etc. So in a way, Ghana is finding itself back in a place that has been before, which is cool, you know, because at the end of the day, we're also very warm, welcoming people. And I think 
it's kind of becomes a gateway for all of us as Africans, you know. But to be honest, even though I enjoy Ghana, I enjoy other Africans this world because sometimes hope can get tired. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you, Ghanaians, you know, for representing Africa so well, you know, providing a home and a haven for the international community. Um, and your president and government making and the tourism department making it very easy. I think African tourism is a thing that needs to be booming in our generation. You know, most of us go to more European and North American and other countries more than we go to African countries. Time for us to do that. And that's attracting all these other people. But even if that if that weren't the case, other Africans go to other African countries would be the dopeness that I would even care about. We're all just so dope and different but connected that it would be enough for me. And I have to also say that like, Ghana is one of the countries changing that even for the African continent. Right now, even for Africans, if you ask them what's the um, top destination, a lot of them will be like, we have to be in Ghana. And I just know in December, every other African who's traveling is going to be in Ghana. So it's a really cool thing. Congratulations on the release of your album, Medina to the Universe. Fantastic. So I think when we met, the first question I had uh, for you is, what is Medina or where is Medina? Tell me about the vibes um, and the culture and the inspiration and, you know, what Medina was to you, is to you at the moment, and even why you decided to name this album Medina to the Universe. And maybe also why not have named an album that earlier on, since this is your fifth studio project? That's a good question. Uh, for me, Medina is home. Medina is where I was born and raised. Aside from the hospital, my mother gave me the, got the C-section and to bring me in which was not Medina, but Medina is where I was raised up. That's where both sets of my grandparents lived as well. So it represents a lot to me, family. It represents where I learned life, you know, where I got to be streetwise and all of that. So those experiences and reflecting on it as part of my life's journey was important. So calling Medina to the universe was important, locating in the specific place of origin. But it's to the universe, so it's beyond Medina. You reflect on where you came from and then you look into where you're going to. So that's why it was important. And I think it is also identifiable for a lot of other people because everybody has their origin story from where they come from. And the older you grow, the more nostalgic you become about that. Or the more, if you're not nostalgic, the more you realize how much it shaped you, whether for good or for worse. So for me, it was important to put Medina on the map with this one. On the fifth, everything in good time. So 15 fire tracks in the album, a couple of collaborations from Adekunle, Teague's Douta, Vic Mensa, Vladipo is on the album. Jules produced a track on the album. Man, I don't want to not mention anybody's name or forget, but I mean, all the dope producers and featured artists, everybody came through, for sure. Yeah. So what I love about this album and about you is you're not afraid to be different and to keep changing your style, keep changing your sound, but still sticking to the roots, which is hip-hop. So even in this album, there's something for everybody, you know. So tell me about, you know, the musical concept and the inspirations of working on this album, the collaborations. How did they all come about? How long did it take to produce um, this classic album? And are there still some videos that are going to come off it? And what's next for the Medina to the Universe journey? So let me know about the inspirations and where we're still going. Your questions are too good. Sometimes I'm listening to it and I'm mesmerized. I'm like, okay, I think the music and the, the diversity of it was the first part. I do think you, you said it very well. It's I very early on made it a point 
to understand and to project the idea that it's okay to be different. Not just okay, it's actually great to be different. And so nothing beats representing that in the music and the choice of music. Where I slightly disagree with you is that as diverse as what I do is that I bring it together. It's not for everybody and that's fine. There's different people who can identify with different sounds, I agree, but it's not necessarily for everybody and that's fine. And that's why I want other artists such as myself to be okay with. Sometimes, you know, I might be fortunate to have people like you who enjoy it. Other fans will be like, that's not my speed and that's cool. Well, who's not going to be enjoying Manifest? Come on, come on now, who? People who probably don't like plantain and beans. They've never eaten ugali in their life. There's a lot for people. Yeah, the people, you know, they eat that other terrible jello. It's only people like that who are like, with this album, it was actually born during the pandemic because I was working on a different project before that and I just did a quick pivot and it was just an idea whose time has come and I was able to kind of zone in in the house, had my engineer come to the house and then on my kitchen table. I brought in some other songs that were already recorded and kind of finessed them to join in. But the majority of it was done during the pandemic. This is the first album in a while which I'm going to have the patience to, to let it live in many spaces over a period of time. And it's a very difficult thing for artists for us to do because we're always constantly recording new music. And, you know, the idea of just sitting with something and allowing promoting and doing all these things and creating new fresh things it's a difficult thing for us to do, but... To feel like you want to give it the life it deserves and the length it deserves. Absolutely. And for me not to get bored with it, I have to be creative, creating new content. Definitely some new music videos that I could mention. I mean, people definitely want to hear, see music videos for Game War that they can learn clean and peel with Pato. I might have one of those already. Who knows? Who knows? So definitely more content. Just being creative and taking it to the world, taking it to more stages. We have a couple of bookings here, I believe. For the summer, so definitely looking to get more bookings in Africa and other places. Yeah, just taking on the jet because I it's beyond the label of live love is 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 yourself you put into the music. So can I can't treat it like a fleeting thing, like something that will come and go. So um I, let's see how my patience uh plays out in this my dinner to the universe journey. <laughs> my favorite songs in the album include I think La Vida for sure. Game over for sure. Uh, Scorpio flow, that's bad. Clean and pure is my jam. Oh my god! And the reason why I like clean and pure also, I feel like no one whose heart is not clean and pure is gonna say that for themselves. So, <laughs> well, maybe they say is hopefully they will decide to live up to the lie. <laughs> it's a really dope album. Like every artist always has like I don't know focus singles or favorite songs, but. What do you feel about that? Like when you listen to this particular album or when you look at your discography and specific songs, how do you approach them going forward? You know, when you go out to different countries, different cities, different stages, there's always different vibes for each kind of audience and fans. But you as the artist, how do you treat your music? First, I have to go with what my heart believes. It's an important part of it too. Clean and fewer. <laughs> exactly. Because... Over the years, what I realized is if you over-calculate something that you did not calculate in creating, you might be making an error, you know, because you'd be like, oh, no, this tempo is what radio plays, blah, blah. It could be an error you could be making. So first of instinct, then a little bit of strategy because it has to do with timing and, like you said, location. And then some cohesion. That's the most difficult part of it because at the end of the day, once you put it out, people take and use it for what it is. If I say, 
right now, I'm promoting Game Over feature at Economic Gold, and they decide to play Killing and Pure. Hey, what's a shit? I don't know. Don't do that. You understand? You have to just allow it to have its own resonance because a creation is a thing that is its own even being. So you also cannot cage it or just put a, a muzzle on it, put the brains and always try to whatever. Sometimes you also have to listen to what it's doing. And so as part of it is navigating all these different things. Be strategic is important, but also listening to what's happening is even more important. If I come to Kenya or as I've come to Kenya, I cannot pretend to know what the landscape is, you know, but I also cannot come here to blend in. I can say, this is who I am, this is what I'm presenting. But if you tell me that, oh, you know what? I've been playing the DJs and songs, this is where they are, whatever, I would listen to that and kind of figure it out and then think of time and et cetera. So it's a delicate dance. But uh, it's part of it's part of the joys of doing some doing this work is that um, you are figuring it out as you go. It's never never a down moment. Though. I wanted to ask you when it comes to your style, your arts, you know the way you write, from the lyrics to the bars to the spitting to the attitude to the cockiness, if some people call it that, or to the bravado or whatever. Like where does that come from? Well, I do acknowledge the natural gifts that they are. But I don't think, for instance, that I was born to do just one thing. But So being able to harness the gifts has been something that spending a lot of time with myself and doing the work has been important. But then, then finally, for me, just being a student of the thing, learning and creating and learning and evolving, I don't think I've arrived in any kind of form in terms of even the peak of how I present myself. Constant evolution is, is important while still staying true to center. So me, I'm excited. I think that's one of the joys of it, is just seeing how with different learnings over the years, one can grow. Because without growth, I might as well quit. The day that I feel like I've stopped growing in this thing, I'm quitting. I have to go somewhere else where I can grow. So that's why I'm, I'm fortunately still in it, because the growth is always coming. I'm going to ask an academic music question. So um, tell me about the influence that high life and hip life has had on hip hop and even Afrobeats, because these are always conversations, especially happening in West Africa between Nigeria and Ghana. But even to know how high life and hip life have influenced hip hop, I think is an important conversation that we need to be having more often. Well, high life first and foremost, for those who don't know, it, it was the most significant popular music form in, in West Africa. And mainly Ghana, Sierra, Nigeria, etc. Very guitar based. It's not traditional music. It's popular music of old, which, like today's popular music, fused traditional stuff with Western stuff like jazz and other things. Very guitar based, very melodic, etc. Storytelling. And over the years, over a century and more, that has evolved. High Life was the, the music of my parents and our parents and our grandparents. So we came in and at some point, well, those before me, let me not pretend I was one of them. <laughs> at some point, we're also in love with something called hip hop and, and found the importance of fusing with high life and then with hip life or indigenized hip hop, at least for the Ghanaian context and the West African context. And over the years, what you've seen is that that then morphs into a lot of people who come from that hip hop or high life background now get into Afrobeats. You know what I mean? Because that would be the new way. But I join inspiration from that. The, one of the interesting things about hip-hop is sort of is irreverent. It doesn't understand honor rules when it comes to all. It's not stiff. 
a lot of music genres that die out because they're stiff. Hip hop would decide that's auto tune and then it's auto tune. Hip hop would decide that this is the structure. And that's one of the things that Boogie takes from hip hop. It's sort of this irreverence about traditional structure or popular music structure, bending different melodies, etc. And a lot of the people who come from the hip hop, hip life, high life kind of culture in Africa are dominant in that scene and are bringing what they learned. They didn't grow up listening to Afrobeats. They didn't exist. They created it. <laughs> so uh, it was a beautiful thing in that regard. And, but, you know, it's, I don't want to make it sound like it's this, oh, the pop is this, whatever. But in our generation, in our lifetime, hip hop has been that kind of force, which maybe for the generation before was jazz and then that sequence of high life, et cetera. So it's an interesting thing. And I think people should be doing documentaries and, you know, and other things about it, because, you know, I'm giving you a free idea, but it's on record, so you know it's mine. I would absolutely explore the Afrobeats hip-hop lake in a piece, and i interview all these Afrobeats artists and high-life artists and the ones who do the dance hall, this, whatever, and just investigate that their relationship to it and whether they would, yes, where's the connection? Tell me about your festival, which happens annually. Is it coming back again this year? Yeah, my festivities. You know, I used to live in America at a point. So when I came back, one of the things, one of the missions of the team was to create a show at a festival in a space that curates for very dope, different, but whatever music, like what I represented. And so we've been doing it for years. And a couple of years ago, we were able to scale it up to like 4,000, 5,000. So it's something that is done during December as well. And uh, I'm excited about it because it also allows me to go beyond myself to help curate a musical experience for the people like myself who enjoy that kind of thing. So, you know, you never know. Maybe we might fly away Kenyan artists or two to this year. So we'll see. That would be dope. Cool. Who would you t- take along? Who would I take along? So many dope people. Yo, Blinky, what's up? How you doing? <laughs> We're speaking of Blinky. I feel like you two would be really great, like, collaborators i know you're really great friends and you've been for a long time both of you have that like deep voice thing he kind of raps sometimes and you too so i really see you two you know doing some dope stuff and at some point i went online and i was like isn't there already a manifest blinky song so are you guys gonna make it happen or how long do we have to wait how long do we have to wait for African presidents to step down after being in office too long? These are all questions you never know. But we can say that Blinky and Manifest should come sooner than later. <laughs> it's at that note that we end this wonderful interview. So Madina to the Universe is out and streaming worldwide. Please check it out um, wherever you are. You have to buy it. He was saying that you can actually steal it if you have to. But I'm saying you have to buy it. We have to support the hard work and the talent. Any other message maybe you want to say to your fans, especially your Kenyan peeps? I love Kenya. I love Nairobi. I want to come back. I want to vacation. Lamu. I want to play shows. Hey, listen, I'm coming. And I want to do more with the lots of dope artists here. So thank you for everybody who supported. Thank you so much. You know, you, you contributed immensely to my experience this trip, you know. So I love it. And, you know, that's why you had to buy this. <laughs> I'm always excited to reopen an old new chapter and then find a new book and keep over so more Nairobi diaries soon actually beyond Nairobi you know more, more Kenyan diaries so 
And another thing you said at one of the interviews we were at together, which I loved, I have to tell you because we didn't talk about it. But you say that you believe life is a never-ending journey and you never really arrive. I love that. Like nobody, I've never had anybody say that because there's always one achievement and another and then someone's like, I've arrived. It's like every artist wants to win a Grammy and they're like, when I win a Grammy, I will have arrived. But from what you say, it seemed to me like, there's always something to do and somewhere to go and room for growth. Absolutely. I think you summed it up perfectly. I think that's what it is. Remember that the joys in the journey will give us more room and clean and pure hearts to be able to go through that journey and, and not be cut through people and all these things. We're just like, look, the process is important. Enjoy it. You haven't arrived. This is yet another step, yet another step, yet another step, you know, and, and why not, you know? You become what you see it that way. Because when you're always looking for a destination, you're always going to be shoving other people so that you can get there. But when you realize that it's, it's a journey, it's a process, you're going to have a different attitude that even when you falter, you'll be able to come back to center and you just be a better quality human being. Thank you so much, Manny Fizz. It's been such an honor to talk to you, to work with you. Shout out to Fui for this wonderful opportunity. Shout out to Money says, and all the Ghanaians, people are really cool. We're really nice people. We're coming to your city. Yeah, and welcome back again to Nairobi. Thank you. The motto words of a famous philosopher called Anwar Schwarzenegger, I'll be back. <laughs> VIP Access with Aniko.